moving my family to this desolate place. They said Chicago was uninhabitable, and they weren't entirely wrong, he'd chuckled. The roads were nothing but dirt and mud. Thickets of weeds were everywhere. The city was full of nothing but cottages and shacks. There were miles of marshland all around, and if people think it smells bad now, they should have been here back then. Hard as you tried, you couldn't get away from the stench of sewer water. Standing next to him on their lawn, she'd followed the line of her father's gaze toward the downtown horizon. Didn't you tell me once that you found fish in your drinking water? He'd smiled, giving her a nod. You'd fill up your basin, and there'd be fish this big. He held his fingers an inch apart, flipping and flopping right before your eyes. Delia had laughed. Why did you want us to live here back then? because I saw promise in Chicago. I knew this swamp land in the middle of the country was going to be the key to prosperity. This city has waterways and railroads, and we're smack in the center of everything. I knew if anything worthwhile was going to happen in this country, it was going to have to go through Chicago. Her father had been right. Delia found it hard to believe that just twenty years before the Spencers arrived, Chicago had been a fur trading post home to the Indians and just 4,000 brave pioneers. Since then, the Potawatomi had been replaced by more than 90,000 intruders come to seek their fortunes. When Delia arrived at Lake Street and Wabash Avenue, a horse-drawn streetcar let dozens of riders off in front of a group of dry goods stores, one of which belonged to Delia's father. Hibbard, Spencer & Company stood three stories proud dwarfing the blacksmith, the umbrella repair shop, the corded shop, and the other merchants surrounding it. Delia went inside and wandered up and down the aisles, letting her fingertips graze the different bolts of brocades, chambrays, and gossamers piled one on top of the other. She lost herself among the white and yellow beeswax candles and spiced soaps when her father called to her. What a surprise! What are you looking for, Dell? He removed his spectacles and gave them a polish on the bottom of his waistcoat. Hair combs? Well, he said with a laugh, you won't find them in this aisle. I know, I know, I can't help it. I got distracted. As a young girl, before her mother taught her to know a woman's place, Delia had spent many an afternoon down at Hibbard Spencer, hoisted up on the counter, watching her father ring up all the sales. Oh, how she loved the sound of the till each time the cash drawer sprang open. She had wanted to become a merchant, like her father. She wasn't afraid of hard work or put off by the responsibility. She wanted the satisfaction of making her own way, and had even thought of taking over her father's business someday. But she was a girl, and a Spencer girl at that. She grew up on the exclusive Terrace Row, in a rusticated stone block home with a majestic mansard roof and dozens of servants. She'd studied piano and dance and had attended the city's finest finishing school. Her mother wouldn't even allow her to take painting classes at the Academy of Design, let alone work in a dry goods store. No, her only job was to find a suitable husband and raise his children. The night the fire started, On October 8, 1871, Delia was getting ready for Bertha and Potter Palmer's party in celebration of the opening of their new hotel, 
the Palmer House. Sitting at her vanity, she gazed into the looking glass while her maid pinned her long brown hair and fastened it with the sterling hair comb she'd purchased the day before. This was the first party Delia would attend after having been formally introduced to society in September, and she wanted to make a good impression. She chose an emerald gown with forest green velvet ruches and beading along the bodice. It had been designed for her by Emile Pingat on her last trip to Paris the summer before. Quit your dilly-dallying, Abby said, standing in the doorway. Don't you worry, Augustus will still be at the party when you get there. Delia saw her sister's cheeks flush at the mention of her beau. It's not Augustus I'm worried about, it's mother. Oh, she must be seething down there, Delia said, as the maid gathered her long train and fastened it to the hook at her waistline.